it's my lifestyle, it's my lifestyle. <laughs> welcome, welcome to the Grounds Crew, a podcast covering all things baseball. We're brought to you by Baseball Lifestyle. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Grounds Crew. Um, if you're watching the podcast, you'll notice that there's something different today. There's a couch behind me. And also, we changed up the setup. Yeah, we're in completely different things. We're now locking eye to eye. Yeah. We're going head to head. There's a there's a, a competition going. Mm-hmm. Don't know how I feel about it just yet. That's fine. I, I'm not sure either, but it was a interesting change of pace, and we're going to see how we feel about it. Um, I do like it, though, if we can start showing some live feeds from, from – On the TV? Yes, I agree. We were, we were discussing uh, what we need to do to make that happen, and I think uh, – Because we can live react to some stuff. To some stuff, yeah, yeah. So, so. I, I like the change up for what it could be. Yep, it's, it's got some we'll, potential. We'll see where we're at today. Yeah. So uh, let, let's talk about – First stuff. things first. First things first. Well, first things first. Make sure you like and subscribe if you haven't already and leave Always. us a review. Thanks for your support. We need uh, y'all. So, big news yesterday happened. I was literally like, I think we were, it was like the end of the day yesterday you, you shot me a text about it. Devin Williams, in his celebration after the uh, Brewers clinched, was out and about at the bar getting some drinks and I guess got frustrated in some way and, uh, and punched a wall and broke his hand. So, a.k.a. the Amari Stoudemire. AKA the who was it? Uh, Kevin in, Brown. Kevin Brown, and also who was it? In uh, Crash Davis said in in Bull Durham, "Don't punch with your with your pitching hand." Yep, not a great look. Yeah, uh, and the reason why I say Stoudemire is the Knicks were like the two seed in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. He got frustrated in a game, punched a like it was a glass thing, right? Like yeah. the emergency with like the, the break the, glass, pull the alarm. Yeah, thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Punched it, broke it messed up his whole entire hands. Knicks end up getting bounced in the playoffs and they shouldn't have because it was just a series of unfortunate events. And it looks like Devin's trying to do the same thing to the Brewers. Hey, we're, we're having a, a solid season. Everything's going like splendidly. And you know what I'm going to do? Good pitching staff. Yeah. You know what I'm going to do? <laughs> I'm going to ruin it for everybody. Bye. Yep. Hashtag Dewan or Sanchez. I'll never forgive you. So his final line on the year as of this moment is a, uh, 2-5 ERA in 58 games, 87 Ks, 54 innings, and an 8-2 and record. Now, there is a chance, a small chance, that if the Brewers made it to the World Series, he could theoretically be back. I don't know how feasible that is. They made It's more like he would be available to, to, to start rehabbing. I don't know if it's a, hey, take the cast off and run type thing. I don't think that's a real possibility. Uh, yeah, I'm a, I'm a, I'm that a, feels a, unlikely. I'm going to just go with, if my team literally is looking like it might be the thing, what's a broken hand? If I can picture the pain, yeah. Hey, listen, 100%. I got en- I got enough healing. It might break again. It might mess me up a little bit, but th- you 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 might not have many shots of of being great. Mm-hmm. If you're in that moment where you're going to be great, like I feel like you start taking different decisions. You know, like just ask again, Matt Harvey, right? Yeah. Matt, Matt Harvey blew out his body for the Mets to try to win a World Series in 2015. Yeah, you know, and have the Mets been close since? Nope. And, like, that was a good team, and there was a lot of the, the underpinnings of greatness were there, and they just never got back. You never know when you're going to have a season like this again. Yeah. It's super unfortunate. I, he's a key piece for them, and that, that I'm I'm sure that they're going to be uh, struggling at some point to kind of fill that, that void. Like, I know that they obviously have Josh Hader and lots of other guys in their pen, and that's a, that's a key piece for them. He was a rookie of the year last year, like – 
that that hurts, especially at this time. Just being silly. Yeah, you hate to see that. Um, staying in the National League, the Cardinals just finished up their or it, it ended their 17 game winning streak, which I feel like we did not discuss enough as it was happening. Yes, and, and it it was unbelievable. And and I on our on my solo episode we had discussed briefly the the Cardinals had the pieces to make some sort of a run. Yep, and they have done it. Unfortunately for them, they're going to face the Dodgers in a wild card game. Yeah. So they are definitely not out of the woods yet. Um, do you, Do you think they have a shot there? No. I mean, I've said it. I've said it multiple times. To me, at this point in time, it, it's borderline a foregone conclusion mm-hmm. that the Dodgers are running away with it, at least in the National League. Yeah. Um, other teams can win games. They can do stuff. They can do whatever they want. At this point, you're just competing for just having a good season. Right. I, f- I feel like, you know, even the, even the Brewers, you got 95 wins, right, with a few games left. You, you're going to have a sensational season. Um, you're you're walking into a, a buzzsaw, though, yeah. right? Like, yeah. I, I just I don't, I don't foresee it really being a thing. But at the same time, winning matters, right? Like, we, we talk on the show all the time, and I bring it back to, to the Knicks as, as their starting training camp. The, the Knicks being good last year is good for overall cultural health, right? They've been such a losing team for so long. So even just getting to the playoffs and being a, a, a middle-of-the-conference team mm-hmm. is good for how t- other players think about you, how yep. the national media talks about you. It fosters a place where the younger player can develop and doesn't have pressure, right? Um, so with St. Louis being good, it gives you hope. It, it shows you, hey, this is how we win. This is what it's like to be in a race. This is what it's like to be here. And I think that that's always a good thing. And St. Mm-hmm. Louis has been good for forever. Yep. You know, they're never really down. Um, they, they always find a way of developing somebody. Uh, and they got to be happy with some of the small pieces that they have. Mm-hmm. You know, like the, 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 the young guys contributing at the back end of the season. Yep. So with that being the case, I'm happy for them doing it. Um, I think this is the big excitement. I wouldn't expect them to move on much, but we'll see. Better to it's going to be lose. a great game. Better to be that than the Padres and the Mets. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, the, the, uh, the dumpster fires, the letdowns of the league. Oh yeah. Um, the national league, unfortunately though, by the way, Padres are, are below 500 now. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're terrible. It's, uh, almost as bad of a slide as the Mets who I, uh, of course, Josh sent this to me. I don't know if you saw that they set like the official record for being an in first place for 103 days and then being the first team ever to finish either below, uh, I think it was below 500 after the fact, Dope. which it has never happened before. And I think that's a unfortunate stat to be the first one. Ever. I don't think it's unfortunate. It, it, it makes me so happy that we're going to get the clean house completely in the Mets. Oh, that's yeah. I'm looking forward to that. For Wipe sure. it down with Clorox disinfectant, get, get all the muck out. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I, th- Alderson said for the Mets that they're going to make their their decision on a manager before they make a decision on a GM. How do you feel about that? Because for me, I feel like... I it, don't think the GM... So, so again, I, I use my favorite teams as references. Mm-hmm. The Buffalo Bills had their head coach before they had their GM. Okay. The organization looked at a guy who was going to bring a cultural fit of how he wanted to play football. They then asked him... Who would be the person who would put together the team the way that you think you could work conducively with putting it on the field? Yeah. And I actually like the way of saying, get me guys who play this style, not get me a manager 
to put the style I want into the game. Because I think that's the problem right now is you're just getting the managers who are the figureheads for the GMs and they're just kind of running. The and whole I thing. and I don't think that that works. Yeah. Right. And it's not. It's uh, analytics are going to impact it. All those numbers are going to impact what a manager's decisions are these days. Mm -hmm. So his feel and his gut instinct has been taken away a little bit. But a manager can have the gut instinct of how well is my team working together for an overarching goal? How am I developing players over over a season? And like this is why I don't like Rojas. Mm -hmm. Like nobody got better. Yep. Right. The only guy who got better this year was Lindor, as the season went on. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, I did see that Baez is like the third best hitter in the league since he came off the DL. Yep. His and his uh, his, uh, his approach. I forget what the stat was that they were using, but basically his chase rates like non-existent. Yeah, now. he's he completely changed his hitter overnight. And now all of a sudden he's a savage, and I'm like, bring it on, bring, bring, bring that, that back, bring that, bring that energy. We'll pay you a whole bunch of money. Yep. You're you're securing the fact that we won't be bringing back Conforto. Mm -hmm. Um, we'll be bringing you back. Uh, but like. That, that, for me, is why Rojas isn't the guy. Like He just doesn't seem to have a feel for how he's growing his team into an identity. Because like, the Mets don't have an identity. Yeah, he's he feels like a very passive manager. Like He's kind of just going through the motions, and it's not the leadership that I feel like that group of guys needs. And that's what I think a good manager should have. Like You can say that, he, oh, he's just setting a lineup that the analytics are functioning. A good manager should be able to look at his GM and say, I understand the game. This guy's analytics and my eyeballs match up. Mm -hmm. He plays the style I want. He has the temperament that we need. Bring him in, yep. right? Baez, I, I, we, we've talked about it. I, I never knew how good he was on the base paths, truly, until I saw him, his feel for the game. The guy I comp Baez at in terms of feel on, to the game and seeing things no one else sees, mm -hmm. Derek Jeter, the guy making plays that aren't shortstop plays. He's just making plays that are great base. That's Baez. Yep. He's just making great baseball plays. Um. That, so, so for me, I, I, th that's what I look at. And like the Padres have to be looking at some changes because you're way too talented. What happened? Mm -hmm. How are you below 500 with this team? I, I know a lot. Of, <clears throat> a lot of people are calling for Jace Tingler, their manager, to get axed. He's got to. And and, and AJ's <clears throat> got to shout out Huntington. Um, AJ Preller's got to got to pull the cord and he's got to go get somebody else to write the ship. Yep. Because the team he put together off the field should be in the playoffs. You know, that that team is better than the Cardinals. Yeah, 100%. Why do the Cardinals have 10 more wins? Right? Like, what what's the thing? Mm -hmm. And, again, I, it goes back to managers. I don't think it's players. I think it's managers. And, like, that's what's going to be interesting going in. The, and then on the flip side, we go to the AL. Yeah, that's the, that's and, the fun right now. And I feel like we talk a lot about the AL East. Mm -hmm. The AL East, every team has an identity, except for the team that I think is – suffering the most right now and that's the red sox i don't know what the red sox hang their hat on i would say if you're gonna put, put it on one thing probably they're hitting but they're the they're not the best hitting team in that they're not even that's second. true absolutely but like like you know it's not their they don't have speed it's not yeah. they have like five stolen bases on a year and like. that's my thing now you don't have an identity where hey this is your strength like the yankees identity right now is the long ball and they're just relying on two players to carry them. Toronto is like, we've got five dudes who are 40 home run guys. Like, we're absolute monsters. Well, T Toronto also slid out of 
the third wild card oh, spot. Oh, yeah, they, yeah. they're playing. They beat the, the Yankees last night. Yes. They're now a game behind them. Yep. If they take the other game tonight, they'll have taken two out of three against the Yankees, mm. right? Who was pitching great last night for most of the game? I didn't see his final stat line, Berrios. Yep. Right? So, like, again, it goes back to what I said the Yankees should have done. Um, I think it was three runs in six innings with, like, seven or eight. Games, okay, so when like I that. had seen five, he had barely let up anything. I think okay. he, he was mowing them down. They had, like, two hits through five. Mm-hmm. Um, and he he looked spicy. I saw yeah, they only no, he, won he by one, really well. one run. Cole looked shaky. Cole let up five runs. Yeah. Um, and again, this goes back to me why why you know Garrett Cole is still a really good pitcher, mm-hmm. but he's not the Garrett Cole who signed for the most money in baseball, and that's fine, right? The, the Yankees just need a pitcher. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the problem is is that when you pl- pay a guy to go out there and be the best, and he's just really good, you start running into those money issues, um, and that that looks like what they have. The guy who's been super hot, John Carlo. Oh my God! Like he's batting five hundred in the last like eight games or something like that. Caliente, yeah, like absolutely nuts, and he's like just a super interesting case study because he's got forever left on his contract. Mm-hmm. But I just don't know how they're going to pay Judge. I I was hearing a lot of people talking about thirty five to forty a year for Judge. Right, but what? Why would you do that when the team is misbuilt? Uh, I think mainly because if they didn't, Yankee fans would lose it. Yeah, but Yankee fans will get over that real fast. I like Yankee fans, Yankee fans were upset when Derek Jeter was retiring because they're like, "What are we gonna do at shortstop?" And then real quick, you had Didi. Yep. Right. And then everybody was like, "Oh well, you know, Didi's the best shortstop in the league." And then it was like, "Oh well, we don't want to pay him more than fifteen million dollars." So you don't think he's the best shortstop mm. in the league? And Didi left, and then oh, how are we gonna replace Didi? And it's like they haven't yet. But, like, it hasn't meant anything to their wins and losses. Like, Didi leaving, the Yankees didn't really lose many more games. Their mm-hmm. biggest problem is they had too many righty-hitting bats in a park where you want guys who bat lefty and crush home runs. My thing for them is you sign him for that amount of money, you're walking in that those two players are now $80 million a year. You're, you, you then have Garrett Cole... Right, mm-hmm. and between three out of your twenty-five guys, you're you're closing in on a hundred and ten, hundred fifteen million dollars. That's half your payroll. Where are you going? Everybody's like, oh, they'll get Seager, and maybe they'll sign Freddie Freeman with what money, homies? They're definitely not signing Freeman. They're not signing zero percent chance anybody. I would. I mean, I think a smart move would be to bring back Rizzo. So yeah, and I like Rizzo, but Rizzo's aging. He's getting worse. He's also going to be expensive too. And I don't know if he's going to be expensive. He's going to be that dude's going to be. Aged, he's not going to be Freddie Freeman money. Age thirty three season. What are you really signing him for? I'd say they bring him in for like a forty year deal if they were going to do it. So you're going to have a thirty seven year old super declines lefty bat who can't DH for you. It's a great glove. They don't have a good glove as an other option. I'm with you a thousand percent. My struggle is is that you're throwing bad money into it. So what are you going to pay him to be that guy? Bill, On top of the forty it's a, million, it's a, it's a great question. The, the Yankees have a lot of holes to fill. I do not disagree. I, with you. I think too often fans get caught up in their current favorite player. Well, so I think that's going to be the Yankees' big issue. Is like they know that Judge is the guy. Yeah, but financially does it really make sense to sign him well what's the difference between judge and john carlo right now 
not much, but the fact that Giancarlo's already locked up and Judge isn't. Right. That's why you have to move Judge. I really just do not. I don't foresee that happening. As I, much as I don't disagree with you. We used to be talking about this with Mike Trout. The Angels need to get on from Mike Trout. Or, or sign Otani and or whatever. Or they're going to end up having to trade Otani. Something like that. Since he's <clears throat> but I a don't little think, uncomfortable with not winning. Yeah. Yeah. But we can get to that in a little bit because we, we need to talk about one more thing for the NAL wild card. And that's the Seattle Mariners. Mariners. The Mariners are all of a sudden real hot. Dennis, can you pull me up Jared Kalenic splits, what he's been this month, last month? Mm-hmm. Um, he's starting to figure it out. He's he's I, I don't know about figure it out. We'll find out or when I get the, he's, the he's final He's been contributing in a, in a Positive very real way. way. Yes. In, in, a, in, a, in a serious way to yep. a team. And, again, that was a team that we talked about earlier in the year that they could start to figure out what, what was going on. They had a lot of young talent on that team that if they started to age into themselves and get to a point that they were they were improving, mm-hmm. it could be better. Um, Kalenic has still been god-awful on the season, mm-hmm. but they're letting him kind of play through it. Yeah. You got stats, you got Dietz. He's I'm, still working on it. I'm still – He's cool. a 177 batting average on the year. Oh, yeah, no, it's terrible. Which is still not good, and I don't know if the Mets lost that trade still. I think the Mets are still positive in that trade. Yeah, definitely, definitely. But – I would it, say overall Diaz has been a, an yeah, effective guy. Yeah, Diaz 100%. is, is – is, could be the guy forever. He just might not be a superstar. Yeah. Um, and I, I don't know if you saw these. Actually, I'm sure you did. I think we, we both responded. Oh, you liked my tweet about it. Yeah. The uh, possibility of this, like, three- or four-way tie yep. is getting a lot closer to mm-hmm. fruition. Mm-hmm. This game tonight, Yankees-Blue Jays, might be the biggest game of the year. If they win that, all of a sudden we have a four-way tie. Yeah. Just just like that. Yeah. So. And that's not counting that the Blue Jays wouldn't be in the tie yet. No, that would that would get them. They'd be one game back. They are one game back currently. Yeah. No, so, they're two games back currently. No, one game. They, they since they won last night. I thought they were at eighty-eight. They are at eighty-eight. The Yankees. Oh, the are Yankees at are plus 90. one. Excuse me, but I'm saying they would be uh, in it. So the Yankees would come back. The Yankees would stay at ninety. Yeah. Blue Jays would come up to, to 89. eighty-nine, and then they would be. So they would it would be a three way tie for the second spot. Right, but then the Blue Jays yeah, are yeah. right there on the cusp. Correct. And the Blue Jays have their last series against the Orioles. Yep. Right. There there's is against the Orioles. The Mariners are against the Angels, who will not be pitching Otani, which is something we also need to talk That's about. That's okay. Otani will crush them. Yep. With his I get to yep. only be a hitter. And then Boston would be there. So it's very comfortably we're coming at it with a four way tie right now. I love that. Show me Kalenic. Uh so far in September. He has a 242 batting average. OPS is 858, seven home runs, and seven home runs, 18 RBIs. So, again, that to me is Kalenic's a low batting average, high athleticism. Mm-hmm. That sounds like George Springer, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, if he's that guy, if he's a mid eight OPS guy for them next year, age 23, that, that team is on the come up, but they're going to have to figure some stuff out. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, the, the Angels to me are also one of those just oddity teams because they're 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 good enough to beat a whole bunch of people mm-hmm. uh if they if everything comes right because they're at 75 and 83 they're 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 the freaking mets sadly enough um you wouldn't want to play the mets in a final series if you needed to win because if they're showing up trying to actually win some games mm-hmm. guys want to put up a, a last good showing that team shows up motivated they could crush you and go and go three and zero against you yep um so yeah i mean that that Angels is a tough spot to be going into. Mm-hmm. I think they'll get knocked out. I don't think they'll they'll they're not going to beat the Angels, the Mariners. Mariners. Yeah, 
Yeah. I mean, it could go either way. I mean, listen, fun. The, uh, the Red Sox got smoked by the Orioles, right? So who knows? Um, it's st- true. Same with the Angels, though. We we're talking about Otani. Um, Otani's now officially done pitching for the year. Yep. His final line, 9 and 2, 3 1 8, and 23 starts with 130 innings pitched, 156 Ks, and a 109 whip. So. But there's still a question if he's the MVP. Can we we so we just had all those numbers? Uh, can you pull up for me, Garrett Cole? Because I'm just curious about about Cole right now. Um, the bigger thing for me with Otani is the numbers that he has otherwise in his hitting categories. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I pulled up a couple of different things. Uh, the only players with at least 45 homers and 25 stolen bases in a season, in the AL or the NL lifetime in all of history of baseball. Mm-hmm. 2006, Alfonso Soriano, who was borderline the best player in baseball for a hot second. Yep. 1999, Chipper Jones. 1997, Larry Walker. 1993, Barry Bonds. So you've got three Hall of Famers and a really, really good player. And Otani is in that conversation at the same time that his pitching numbers are... As good as, as good as a guy like Steven Matz, right? Matz in Toronto. Like, uh, I mean, if we're talking like ERA and things, he has a better ERA than Garrett Cole. I have Cole's numbers. If, so yeah. let's hear Garrett Cole real quick. So 16 and 8 record, 323 ERA. He has uh, 243 strikeouts and 181 innings. What's that strikeout per nine? Strikeout per nine is thing with scroll 12.1 so he's striking people out a little bit better uh otani's at a 10.8 strikeouts per nine Mm -hmm. uh otani's got a better era what's uh what's his uh fip 291 for cole so cole's been a better pitcher he's been a little more unlucky Mm -hmm. right uh otani's still sitting at 351 so he he's been luckier than unlucky Mm -hmm. uh that that's the thing, right? He's a roundabout Garrett Cole, who's in the conversation for the Cy Young Award. Um, if you can also pull up for me, show me a guy like Steven Matz, because I want to hear Matt's numbers, because he's been, you know, one of the top three pitchers for Toronto, uh, and and is a full time pitcher. So I just want to hear those numbers. I have a thirteen and seven record. He's got a. Uh... 139 strikeouts and 143 innings. So he's got 143 innings. 388 ERA. So he so Otani's been better than Steven Matz, who up until Barrios came over was the number two pitcher in Toronto. So he's got be- almost Garrett Cole numbers, better in everything than Steven Matz, while simultaneously putting up a stat line that was done only by three Hall of Famers and Al- Alfonso Soriano who I feel like until I saw that, I forgot about him as a person. And Alfonso Soriano is an absolute unit. Um, he he fell off deep in the second half of his career. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in the first half of his career, he was a nightmare player for a lot of teams to go against. Um, Soriano, Soriano hit bombs. 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 Absolute bombs. You're, you're talking that he was a second baseman that went in 2002 when he was 26. He hit 39 home runs. And his streak, he went 39, 38, 28, 36, 46, 33, 29. And the 33 and 29 were when he moved to uh, Chicago and Texas. 
right? Like people forget about him, but Soriano was a stud, an all-star level player. His career OPS was 819 in 16 years as a second baseman. Um, and I, I know, I know he moved to the outfield a little bit later in his career also, but like Otani's numbers are freakishly good. And this is the thing that I think he has the chance to do that also is crazy. If he steals four more bases in four more games, he's going to be a 30-30 guy. He'll have 30-plus home runs, 30-plus stolen bases. Mm -hmm. Guys, he's the MVP. It's not close. Like, we're so... Like, every time we talk about him, you're like, yes, he's one of the top 10 at, at that position. But he's not the MVP. But it's because he's top 10 at two wildly different things. This is like saying... Um, let, let's put this let's put this into per, into perspective as like an actual different sport, right? Let's use football as the example. This is like saying that Kyler Murray was also in the top ten in interceptions in a season. Like he had a seven interception, eight interception season, and was blanketing number one receivers while also being a top 10 quarterback. Like, could you imagine that in that sport? No. Like, that's the that's my comparison. That's a good one. And I, and I think it's still, like, I, I'm sure you saw the, the Pedro Martinez video. People are still trying to, like, wrap their heads around it and are using, like, other logic to be like, no, it's not Otani for these reasons. Just, just looking at the broad concept of he did this, while simultaneously doing this, it's not even a question. Not even a question. The season that he's having right now, I'm pretty sure, is better than the second year that Pedro was with the Mets. I'm pretty sure the, the first year Pedro was with the Mets, he had like a 2.68 ERA or something like that. Um, but then his his subsequent season was not as good. Yeah, he had a 2.82 in his first year as a Met, but then his second year as a Met... He was a 4-4-8 in 23 starts, 132 innings pitched, 137 strikeouts. Right now, Otani is better than Pedro was full-time as only a pitcher. And in that same time, he's as good as he's better than Big Poppy. If you put Pedro and Big Poppy and made them into a single person and then also added the ability to steal 30 bases, that's guys you you can't nobody's being able to put this together because it's so incredible mm -hmm. that people can't even actually grasp how stupid this is like pedro's literally saying dumb things on the on, on tv because he's unable to even comprehend this as a reality that's really what i think it is it's, it's coming down to the fact that it's just so wild that people have not wrapped their brains they've got nothing yet. for it again it's it's just like it doesn't compute with people so and that's fine. At some point, it's going to when he's an almost unanimous MVP. Can I just make one more argument? Mm -hmm. Please do. So it's the MVP, so most valuable player. Sure. Not best player. Vladimir Guerrero gets taken out of the Blue Jays lineup. They still have three guys that are over 100 RBIs on the season. And they Correct. have four more guys who have 800-plus OPS. If you take Otani out, the Angels are probably the worst team in baseball. Yep. They're probably the Orioles. If They're the Orioles. Works. Facts. Yep. Because the other two guys who were supposed to be superstars there are gone. So now this comes back to the question. The, the, the Angels truly have to make the decision. So Otani comes out and says, winning is my most important thing to me. 
I just want to win, right? Is Otani an angel next year? And is Otani an angel five years from now? Five years from now, I'm going to vote no. Next year, yes. Okay. He has till 2023, I believe. That's when he hits free agency. He's a free. So this is the last year he's not a free agent. This coming, like 2022? 2022 is his last season. The following year, yes. he's, he's up. Correct. Right. So that's why I think yeah, he's so there next year. Well, my, my thing but is, I if also they don't, don't sign think that, him yeah. to the extension, he's got to leave. Because he yeah. becomes a free agent and he gets to go and shop his services. Yeah. But if you let him go, right? If you let him go, if he signs somewhere else, if he goes somewhere else, does Trout ask for a trade? No. Oh, Trout was comfortable there before Otani was there. Yeah, but that's because they brought in Rendon. They brought in Otani. Like, you've done things recently to get yourself in a position for Trout. They could justify to him, hey, we got you Rendon. But how many years we has— We got Otani. How many years has Trout been the best player in baseball and not come out and said what Otani just said two days ago? How many times has he come out and said, we need to make— and been vocal about, we need to make moves, I want to win, I want to— Vocal outside? Like, to, into the public? None. I have no idea what he has said behind the scenes. Fair. But also, I think that one of the things that we're walking into is we have a we have a my time is running out point for Trout. Yep. Like, is, is Trout's coming up on thirty, right? Yes, he's twenty nine, turning thirty, I believe. So so Trout is now starting to catch up. Those I've been no, he's thirty already. He's he, he was thirty in in August. Okay. So the next season is age 30 for Mike Trout. He is no longer 20 in his twenties player, right? How many years does Trout have left where he's going to be in the conversation for the best player? I don't know the answer for that. It could be two years, could be five years. I don't know. But my thing to you is he's not getting better. He will not get better any longer. He is the same player. He's going to be this guy right now. He has not played meaningful games, and he has not gotten to the postseason. At some point in time, even the best perfect example, absolutely perfect example, who is a player that lines up age-wise and had a career same age-wise in the NFL as Mike Trout? His name is Matt Stafford. Stafford, I believe, is 31. Um, Dennis is going to look that up for me right now. I think he's 33. He might be 32, 33. I, I don't... But, ballpark. So, ballpark. He's been in the NFL for 10 years, right? Trout has been in the ML, MLB for 11 years. They're both in the same ballpark of they've been pros. Detroit sucked. They made the playoffs, I think, once in his career, maybe twice in his career. Mm-hmm. And they bo- lost both games. They've never put a real winner around him. He finally said it's time. He finally was like, my clock is ticking. Because even though I'm 33 and I'm looking across and I'm saying, hey, I've kept myself in great shape. I I haven't taken any tremendous injuries. And the style in which I play, I'm going to age like, like Tom Brady and, and Aaron Rodgers. Mm-hmm. So I probably have five years of being a, a good quarterback at least left. But I don't have 10. At some point in time, I got to go win. Now he's a Ram. They're 3-0. Mm-hmm. They're killing it. 
But he begged out of right. an organization he said he loved. What was his contract situation like? Who? Stafford. Stafford, I think, was was about to end his deal, or I I th- I think his. Because I think that's the the also the big issue with Trout is well they traded take, him but they traded so him so I'm his saying, contract his last came with year, like whatever no he has years left okay and at one point in time Matt Stafford was the highest paid quarterback in the league so his right. contract's not light he signed a six year contract in 2016 in 2016 okay so next year or this so year? next year or the year after okay um so, hold on let me just recheck because I think yes so his 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 He's going to be a guy who, right now, he is underpaid, mm-hmm. and he knows that. What's he in, getting? So in 2017, his uh, his cap hit or his his cash was 51 million. Wow. He got paid 51 million dollars in 2017 in order to make his money go down, 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 down mm-hmm. as he went along. Actually, whoo, his yearly cash got got silly. Um, and it bounced back and forth. But right now, he's a discount. He's only $20 million this year. Okay. Right? And then next year, and same ne- thing? Next year, he is... $23 million. $23 million. Okay, so, so it's still undervalued. Undervalued, but also, like, you look at Trout's contract. At this point in time, Trout's money is not really crazy. You start comping him, he's in the same ballpark as a guy like Tatis. You know, there's... He's con- getting 35 a year. Who? Trout. Right. So, my main thing is just, if you're going to trade for Trout, you're making in nine-year commitment, eight-year commitment at $35 million a year. Well, if you get if you sign Matt Stafford, you're re-signing Matt Stafford. Right. This offseason, they win the Super Bowl. They're re-signing Stafford to a four-year extension mm-hmm. where he's getting paid $40 million a year. So my point is is that this won't be – this move was made that we've locked up our QB position for the next five-plus years. Mm-hmm. We have opened our window up to winning multiple titles. We have all the pieces all together at the same time. Let's go win. Um, that's my thing is like Trout is going to be able to look at it and say, I need to make this move. I just I, At some point in time, he has to. That's why I'm saying it's not going to be this offseason because if they don't move Otani, next year he can look at it and say, Walsh at first base, you got Otani, got Trout, you got Rendon. Those four players should give you enough bat that you should score runs. Otani's going to give you at least a low-end number one starter. Yep. You need to go out and get pitching. The Angels need to get pitching. And there, there are guys available. As much as I'd hate to see it, Stroman is a, is a good option for them. I think Stroman would be great there. I think Stroman would love being in L.A. Mm-hmm. I think he'd enjoy that opportunity. It's the more low-key version of it's, L.A. It's the low-key. He's not having to go be a Dodger. He's yep. not one of a ton. He'd be their premier signing. He'd mm-hmm. be their number one ace. He'd get to be the guy. I think with with even with Stroman being as good as he's been for the Mets, if the Mets have Doug Rom and Syndergaard, the best he'll ever be considered on the Mets is the number three guy. Yep. So on the Angels, he'd be number one. But my question is, if they go and they give him the money, they give a guy like Stroman five years, twenty five million, right? Where where are you getting that money from? You've now you've you you've got to pay Otani the next year fifty million dollars a year. And if you look at his, this is his last year, you should be giving him the extension this year and saying, hey, we'll give you the money now because we can signing bonus you out this year mm-hmm. and you, you'll you have less overall every single year, right? We'll buy out this year, right? We'll replace this year's next season's money with money. But they can't do that right? because you got Rendon, 
Trout, a pitcher, and him, you'd be talking you're at $150 million before you, you, you sniff anybody else on the team. They're broken. Yeah. They're broken. So what about if they, for example, what if, what if they had Trout rework his deal? And Why would Trout do it? He's already He's already underpaid. They got to do something. That's my thing. The, the The real move, if I was trying to really be sneaky, sneaky, mm-hmm. I trade away Rendon for a bag of sand. And I say, hey, listen, I know that on the on the on the flip side of this, Rendon gets healthy and becomes the guy he was again. Uh oh, you have ideas. Go ahead. Rendon to the Mets for one of our third base prospects. Love it. Um, I think it would have to be that J.D. Davis is also a part of that. Probably, yes. Because they'd probably want to make sure that they have a bat that comes back, and J.D. Mm -hmm. still has, like, low salary. Apparently, over the winter, uh, J.D. for Lance Lynn was a very real possibility. Oh, no, listen, there's There's people who want him. Dennis, can you pull up J.D. Davis' numbers for the year? J.D. Davis has been underappreciated by Mets fans. This is the Justin Turner, Daniel Murphy thing Mm -hmm. all over again. It's like the homegrown guy who was never considered. And I know he's not homegrown, but, like, he was home found. Same thing with Turner. He was, like, a second year. Turner was a a trade for a bag of sand to get him to the Mets, then became a good piece for them, then became an all-star with the Dodgers. Um, You got J.D. pulled up? Yeah, 73 games played, 285 batting average, OPS of 820. He's got five home runs, 23 RBIs. And he's been hurt, and he's had all sorts of stuff this year. But, again, how many years in a row now is that 800-plus uh, OPS? Uh, last year he was 761. The year okay. before he was 895. So in the in the last three years, he's, he's averaging, averaging over, about an 820 yeah. OPS. So you're talking about a, he's 27 or 28? 28. He's a 28-year-old third baseman who's going to have an 800-plus OPS for you and play reasonably well. He also can play a little bit of left field and a little bit of first base. Like that, and, and then he can also DH in the American League, mm-hmm. so you can keep his bat in the lineup even if you don't think. He, I, I love the idea of Rendon to the Mets. Um, my problem is again the Mets are going to run into how are we paying all these guys? Now I know we have Daddy Warbucks, and he can go and he can spend whatever he wants. Yeah, but you're also going to run into what's Javi asking for. Syndergaard's going to get replaced by Stroman, but how are you replacing Stroman if you don't resign Stroman? Where are you going with stuff? Well, I think Syndergaard takes his qualifying offer. Right, which is 18.7 yeah. or yeah. whatever it is, yeah. which, which is replaces fine. what what Stroman is currently on. So yeah. the money is replaced. It's yeah. no down, no up, right? But how are you replacing Stroman? It's a great question. Right? Carrasco question. has been good since he come, came back. So our hope is, is that Carrasco still is a solid overall pitcher, right? I need Taiwan to figure it out and kind of Taiwan is who he season. is. I think you got to let go of Taiwan being any better than he, than he is. I mean, I would like to see a little bit of the happy medium between his first half of the season and the second half of the season. Yeah, but that's not what you pay a guy $10 million for. He's only making $10 million because he's this erratic guy. Yeah, I guess. You're going to have great starts. You're going to have bad starts. You look at his war. His war is literally Mm .5. He's a a slightly above replacement level player. Yeah. Yeah. That seems about right. Yeah. But, like... Would you like to be kind of the in-between points? Sure. His career, this is actually one of his worst seasons. Well, it ended up being, yeah. But I'm saying like this is, so his his ERA right now, a 4-4-7, the only year worse is 2015 where he had a 4-5-6. 
every other year of his career has been better than this. That's what I'm saying. And I just this want is a little his bit first. And this, but this is his first year as an All Star. So again, I, th- that's why I'm saying to me, Taiwan is the fourth guy. Like I'm fine. Mm-hmm. They, but they need to find more pitching. Where does that come from? Uh, but yeah, I would say if the Mets wanted to take on Rendon, I would do it because he's got three years left on his deal at thirty million a year. Because I think it was a five year deal. But I, I would do that. But I think that's what the Angels need to do because they need to do that. I don't know. You know what? I don't know the trade market enough with baseball. Could there be a sign-in trade between the Mets and the Angels? I don't know if that's a thing. It's not a thing, right? Because, yeah. again, I could see him going. I could see that. Yeah, I could see Stroman going there and replacing the money that's Rendon. Yeah. And then J.D. Davis coming over with, with Stroman. They have Rendon until 2026. So, so four, four or five more years. And five his years. yearly cash is going up. So yeah, his, this year was 27.5. It's going to be 36 and then 38 mil for the last four years. Which is crazy. That's steep money. So that's another that's another problem right there. All these guys have fat contracts fat. that they'd have to trade away. Well, that, again, that's why I'm saying is that they're they're currently broken where my, my big effing question for that team is how in the heck are you going to do it? Now, the reality is, is over the la- the four years coming into this year, Rendon was his worst OPS was 909 in the four years preceding this, right? When he was 26, the last time he was below that, he was about an 800 OPS guy for Washington. He you want a baseball him- reference for him right now? Yeah. What's What are his games played like? His games played uh, the four... So 2020 is obviously an, the anomaly sure. because it was a shortened season. The year before that, 146. Before that, 136. Before that, 147. Before that, 156. Okay. Then he was 80 in 2015 and 153 in 2014. And then I have to think he was a call up his his rookie year. Mm-hmm. So he he had he had 98 games played his rookie year. Okay. Um, I just feel like he's been getting like a lot of little injuries the last couple of years. Again, that's, that's what that's what dudes start to collect when yeah. they get over the age of thirty. Yeah. He also has a full no trade, so if he doesn't want to leave LA for any reason, like he doesn't have to leave LA. Yeah, but I think yeah. he would leave. I I don't think I think his biggest reason for a no trade is like he gets to direct a little bit where he goes, and if he's gonna go somewhere from this contract, he wants to go to a yeah, team. Like Scherzer had the full no trade. That's putting themselves yeah. into a position to win, right? Scherzer took, let's go get a ring. Right, yep. I think if Rendon looked at it like, and, and that he said he, he knows the the NL East, that would be something that the Mets would have to sell him on what the advantages are. But if they do bring back Baez, you're also going into an infield that's Rendon, Lindor, Baez, and Alonso. That's maybe the best infield in all of baseball, right? That's epic. You're also talking about on average thirty home runs is like the floor, mm-hmm. right? Like you're you're getting into some serious banging because. You're gonna have 40 home runs from Alonzo, and you're gonna have a whole bunch from those other guys. Like, even even uh, Frankie's up to, I think 19 on the season. Yeah, he's almost in, yeah, almost in 20. Like, and he's been he's been much better player since he came off the DL. Yep. And he was becoming a better player even before that. Now playing with Baez, they would be absolutely ridiculous up the middle. You'd be solid at the corners, and then you would just defense in the outfield, and then a DH. So, again, I mean, again, I think Rendon, you have to move somebody if you're the Angels. Because, again, this goes back to if I'm a GM, I'm misbuilt. I am misbuilt. I am over. I am overdone in a couple of players. 
and I am underdone in everything else. You have to you have to look at Otani. But this goes back to my point. If you don't re-sign Otani, you have to tear the whole thing down. It doesn't make sense. And if you're Trout, what are you doing? Like you you look back at at, at Alex Rodriguez. Alex moved multiple times. Yeah. Right? And they looked at it and they were like, you know what, Texas, we're not going to win. We're going to get a whole bunch of stuff by getting rid of him. Let's get rid of him. And they still did well after getting rid of him. Yes, because you got in a lot of prospects from the Yankees. And the Yankees loved it because they won a World Series because of it. Yep. I think it's going to be it's going to be very interesting what the Angels do. I Here's the here's the sneaky. What's that we're sneaky? not talking about? What you got? The CBA ends in December. Oh yeah. Oh no. Listen, there might not be baseball next year. Hundred percent. We're gonna have a, so much to talk about in the off season podcast. <sighs> so much to do. The, the, Trades. We'll, we'll find I mean, out in early everything. December what's going on. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's gonna be. It's gonna be busy. Um, and the but CBA that, looks like it's off to a rocky start anyway, based on what they've been putting out. So. And that is who my. Knows? That is my big point. That's my big point. Now, I don't know how this. this is gonna happen with all if these they, contracts. If they let, let's. Uh, devil's advocate. They don't play baseball next year. Yeah. Everybody's contract. Does it just move down a year, or is like if is Otani a free agent? Depends after on what next the C- depend, depends what the CBA comes through. Okay, depends what the CBA. So the the thing is, is that if they're locked out, if they're locked out by the owners, right? Then the contracts, the players would say this counts as our season. If it's a strike and they don't play, mm-hmm. the owners will say that you guys still owe us your time. Gotcha. I I honestly. We talked about it in an earlier episode about like what they did with NHL when they rolled back contracts. Mm-hmm. There's going to be some changes coming. Oh yeah. Every every MLB guy who's been super and again like I think it's it's the challenge of are you doing what's best for a couple guys or are you doing what's best for the game and the player? Mm-hmm. The reality is, is I'm fine with an uncapped sport if it's truly uncapped. But the, the, the downside is, is that it doesn't look like there. this is an actual uncapped league, right? There's luxury tax. There's all these penalties for being up and above. Right. The second thing is Although it is, is much higher than other leagues. It is. Yeah. And then we, but then you also have to take into account that with that, though, you don't have the freedom of what you have in European soccer. European soccer, you have a guy who signs who's 18 years old. He could sign for $100 million. Mm-hmm. He's getting paid right from the jump. Yep. Right, you got, with football. you got bad players making money. Football is different because a guy drafted in the seventh round is getting six hundred k. Like he's not really getting anything crazy. Sure. Well, and I he could actually start more uh, less about that, more about the fact that most of the guys are there for four or five years and then they have opportunity to move. Like mm-hmm. you've talked about with once once you sign here, you have team control for five years and that move is on. what I think. That is what I truly think. If if I'm a everyday player in baseball, that's what I'm fighting for. Five years of team control and it's still an uncapped. And then a free agent. Yeah. Because I don't if hate you look, that at all. Because immediately what that solves is every team who doesn't want to pay a 31-year-old guy $35 million a year because mm-hmm. you know he's going to suck, you don't have to because you paid him before. Right. Right? I already have – hey, I locked up this uh, – my, my guy who I drafted at 18, I had to re-sign him at 23. So is that do you think that brings like the overall value of contracts down? Because I think it brings the get... overall because it's the the perfect example of it are the few young guys who did sign contracts and bought out eligibility in years. Right. Right. I forget the kid who signed for nine million dollars a year who was a good player. Ozzy Albies. Right. Ozzy. Yeah. His contract is a joke. But like, is it though? 
Because when you actually look at what he would have made, he made the same amount of money that he would have made for by sure. going arbitration. But for, for the player he's become, he he is extremely undervalued. Yeah, his next his next six years, he's making five and seven million dollars. And that, oh, five years in twenty twenty two, and then twenty twenty three to twenty seven, he's making seven million. Where you could easily be pulling in fifteen twenty type thing. With right. the, he's a premier second baseman. Right. Um. But yeah, I, I could definitely see like you, you get the guys signing earlier because at the end of the day, I'd say the the average minor league guy who's not Juan Soto is taking two or three years in the minors. So then you get into the league, you have a great rookie season, you have a great second season. All right, pay me or I'm going somewhere else, and they're gonna pay me. And I and I, I I dig that concept. I think it it makes it all a lot smoother, and I think that's really the big issue right now is there's just so much back and forth on. Oh, once you're getting to the end of your rookie deal, you're done. We'll just move on to somebody else. We're not going to get you in that little mid window. And, and and that's what smart teams are doing. Why why am I going to pay a guy, uh, that guy that money? The reality yeah. is is that and this is this is the the real thing. Like people would tell you, "Oh, there's not enough good players. Like it's hard to find good." No. There's tons of good players who are on organ who are in organizations who don't get up until they're older. Because they were being forcibly kept down, and there was no way for them to become a free agent to, and go and shop themselves. Right. And like you, you have situations where a guy like Justin Turner, like Justin Turner was blocked. J.D. Davis was blocked. They finally are traded to a team that gives them the opportunity. They become the player that they were always supposed to be. How many other guys are like that? You know, I bring up like again, we're, we're Mets fans here, so like we get the idea. You have uh, Khalil Lee. Khalil Lee is 23 years old in the Mets organization. In AAA this year, he has a 950 OPS. Why is he not a September call-up? That's a great question. I mean, the amount of like guys who are going to be in the big next year that did not get called up in September is astounding. But they Bobby won't be Witt, up at the start. Ad, 100%. Bobby Witt, Adley Rushman, Julio Rodriguez, like guys who are not only going to be big leaguers, but going to be studs probably or potentially. And, and they're not here, and it's it's bananas. And like that, that to me is like the one of the crazier things. Like this is this is Khalil Lee's age twenty two season. He is a center fielder with a so excuse me, I said nine fifty OPS. He's got a nine forty four OPS this year. Nine forty four. And he 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 was a third round pick by the Kansas City Royals in twenty sixteen. That got traded to the Mets. Sure. Um, but you're you're looking at a situation where he that this this player would be up in any other normal year. In any other normal year, his career minor league OPS is over 800. The Mets need a, sh- a, a center fielder. They need a center fielder, and you have a 22 age 22 season center fielder with a 950 OPS, who you did not bring up. Why? There's too many good players. And, like, everybody will tell you, oh, it's hard to find good. No, it's hard to find good players because good players are being hoarded by good organizations. And this is why a team like the Orioles cannot grow. And to me, you want to create balance and you want to create an effective structure. Guy who's drafted at 18, who's a stud, age 23, guess what? You're a free agent again. You guys don't want to sign me to a major league deal? Guess what? The Orioles will because they were 50 wins. Yeah. And they'll sign me to a five-year, $10 million a year contract now and take a risk and take a gamble. 
And then I'll go up and I'll be JDF and Davis for five years. And I'll be under contracted at even $10 million a year. Yep. An 850 OPS guy that, that is uh, a, a guy like JD Davis, an 820 OPS guy, that's worth more than $10 million a year. Yeah, absolutely. That guy now gets to go. Guess what? Now the Yankees don't have the the Cardinals, the better organizations who, who can work their minor league systems. You guys don't get to sit on a guy until he's 25. Mm-hmm. You, you, don't, you don't get to have what Guess what? He gets to sign. He gets to move. He gets to leave. And I think that that has to be more of it. And, and this goes back to what I like about the NFL and what I like about the NBA. An NFL player who is, not, who is drafted in the first round is a five-year contract. Mm-hmm. The second round or later, four-year contract, three- or four-year contract. So if you're a guy who is drafted in the sixth round, which is the end of the NFL draft, and you kill it for three years. You're a starter. You're doing great. You're outsized. You're immediately. You're even faster to the big money than the guy who was a first round pick. Mm-hmm. So this actually values the guys who are good lower round players. MLB, same thing. First round pick, go ahead, have control of that guy because he's paid. Mm-hmm. Second round pick, half the time. Anything after that, you got me for three, four years, and then you got to make a decision on me. Yep. You don't get to run me for my whole life because now you got lucky that you drafted me in the fourth round. The, 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 the Pete Alonso's the world. Pete was a second round pick. Mm-hmm. There's no way Pete should only be making his debut 23, 24 years old. Yeah. And then you get these guys who they finesse their service time. And mm-hmm. then when it's time for them to get paid, sure they get paid, but it's at an age where if when their contract's up, they don't get a second shot at it because of their, their age. They're just like, all right, cool. You're 33. We don't care. We're not going to pay you that money. Sorry. Good luck. No second bite of the apple. Yep. And, and that's that's to me what's broken about baseball to the to the largest degree. Because mm-hmm. Khalil Lee should probably be starting for the Orioles. You have a 23 year old top five round pick who's just been a stud, 800 plus OPS center fielder, age 22 season has got a 900 plus OPS. Why is that guy not in the show? Yep. Zero reason. You know why? Because the Mets were good for a while. Then they were in the race. Now it's like, "Mm, why would we do it if we're going to mess with service time? That dude was performing like that in the minor leagues for the Orioles. He'd be up. Yep. What we talked about with Soto's contract. They finessed his service time to like probably to the day so that he didn't get that extra year. To the day. And all he's been since he's come up is an absolute freak stud. Yep. Guess what? That time you didn't have me up, that's on you. And I think that would force the young players into the game sooner. Mm-hmm. And you, Because you want to see what you have in a guy. Yeah. And then that's going to mean that we're going to get more of the young players in. And then we're going to know if a guy is or isn't a guy. And then he's going to have to sign a minor league contract. He's going to have to sign a deal with another team. Like, hey, you know what? You were a, you were a 5-7 ERA when you were up in the show. So nobody wants to give you an MLB contract. We'll sign you to a two-year minor league contract mm-hmm. at $200,000 a year. Cool. Goes to AAA, is a stud, gets to get pulled up, gets to get league minimum, and you 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 now can show yourself again. Now maybe you've gone and you figured it out. Yeah. That's what they need. Do you think, like, if, if they restructured it in this way, how, how does that affect the minor leagues? Does it, do they shrink it down because players they are already moving? shrunk it down? But I'm saying like even more. No, so. I think you're good. Okay. Because the reality is like go through the timeline, right? Okay. If you draft a if you draft a high school player, yep. 
at and 18. You, and you put him in A because now there's only high A. Right. Right? He's 18 at high A. If he then repeats high A, right? Year two. So so I don't know if I would count year one as a true year one. Okay. So maybe everybody who's drafted, if you're a, if you're a first-round guy, it's five-and-a-half-year contract. L- let's say this. How about the first round the, the guys who get drafted go to uh whatever instructional so they don't right. get they don't get a first year everybody gets a half year your sure. first year is a half it's year half year instructional and then your first year is, is the, the following year, year. and if you're a first round pick team has you for 5 years cuz you're getting paid yep fair okay cool go you're any you're a four, you're a second round pick mm-hmm. 4 years second to to 10th you're 4 years anything after the 10th round it's half plus 3 right okay so that, because I might say, hey, I'm a good minor leaguer, but I'm not ready to go. But I'm going to be blocked in the organization I'm in, so I'm going to move. So what I think it does is if you, if you draft an 18-year-old in the first round, he goes to Instructs. He spends two years in A learning how to be a professional. He spends one year in A, one year in AAA, he should be in the show. Yeah. That's the, the his his last year is his first year in the show. That's if you win on a comfortable pace. Mm-hmm. If you drafted a kid in the first round, he does instructs. He spends one year in A. Then he starts in A, finishes in AAA. Then he is in the show in year three. You get two more years after that with him on your on your at a low cost. You're barely paying the dude. And now you're talking about the guys who are 20, 21, who were super studs, like the Juan Soto's of the world. Those dudes mm-hmm. were up at 19. You get, when you find a super stud, he gets all this, but you got to sign him. you got to sign him after year five. All right. right? So you only, you didn't get much time. I think it would push guys to the show sooner who are the really, really good players, mm-hmm. which means that the minor leagues will then be filled with guys who still need development. Right. And not really good MLB players who are stuck behind we are getting to control your service time and we'll wait on you. Mm -hmm. Nobody can wait. You don't have time to wait. You feel an urgency as the MLB team to get this guy to the show as fast as you possibly can. Do you think you get a lot more boom or bust guys because they uh, rush their development maybe? I, I don't think there's any rush. They're already rushing the guy's development. Nobody's trying to come out here and take it super slow with a guy. Right. Every time they say, oh, we don't want to rush his development. We want to give him a time. It'll That's... That's BS speak for we don't right now there's not a spot for him at the major league level. So if we start using his options now, we're gonna have to pay him sooner. Right. That's it. That's all that means. And like that to me is the is the shenanigans that is played. Mm-hmm. Well, so here's a great example. Francisco Alvarez. Yep. I've seen a lot of different things. I've talked to some people. They said he still needs work defensively as a catcher. Absolutely. Otherwise he'll be a Gary Sanchez can't catch the ball but hits nukes yep. kind of guy. Yep. He needs more time, but his bat, you could easily say, is MLB ready. So the only reason I don't think his bat is MLB ready is because he's a 19-year-old who had a low batting average in high A. Okay. Right? That's fine. Now, he has power, that in-game power. His in-game power is real. Mm-hmm. Right? He's close to a 30-home run dude in, a, in not very many games. So his his power is legit. I know power-wise he's, he's going to play at the MLB level. The biggest question to me is what's his actual batting average? If because I think this year, if you if you want to pull up for me what uh, Francisco Alvarez did in High A, Frankie, I'm pretty sure was like a 250 batting average. 
at high A. I don't know what that plays. So he needs to show me that the batting average can be a, a 250 to 275 mm-hmm. with his on-base percentage the way it has been. But he's got to show me that the, the contact ability lasts at double-A next year. Yeah. But if he shows me at double-A, he's quick to move to triple-A. Mm-hmm. And depending on where we're at, he's a September call-up. So now you're saying you're calling him up at 20. And that, to me, doesn't – that that's that's normal development. This year he got to spend it all where he was still very young – but was able to show it. Do you have the numbers for me? I'm assuming A-plus is high A, correct? That's yeah, high A. Yes, so close. So, uh, 247 batting average, 22 home runs, 58 RBIs. What was his OPS? His OPS was 889. And that had to be carried by a high slug, but a pretty solid OPS? Uh, uh, a pretty slug- solid on-base? His uh, slugging was uh, 538. His on-base was 351. So, 351 is perfect. It's 100 points up on whatever your batting average is. That's That'll play, mm-hmm. right? And then the power is real, real. Yeah. Right? My biggest thing is I need to see that that lasts when he goes to a better level of competition, that the sure. batting average continues to play. Mm-hmm. The the high A to double A is where he's going to see it. Because the only difference between a double A guy, a triple A guy, and a pro guy is the consistency of performance. Right. Right? The arms are MLB talent. That, yep. So that's my point is, like, Frankie could move quick. But the guy I want to bring up is, uh, again, going back to him, is J.D. Davis. J.D. Davis did not make his MLB debut until he was 24 years old, right? But J.D. Davis was a fifth-round pick that had to stay in the minors till he was and, – and he was drafted out of – so he was a fifth-round pick out of high school, then he was a third-round pick out of college, right? Uh, and he was age? at Cal State Fullerton. Okay. At what age? 22? Probably was drafted after year three, so called 21. Okay. Right? So he spent three years in the minors – then he got pulled up, spent most of his fourth year in the minors and most most of his fifth year in the minors. After his fifth year in the minors, so he batted only 175 in 42 games for uh, Houston, yeah, shows, yeah. right? Yeah. As a 25-year-old. And then he went to the Mets. His very first year with the Mets, he got to play 140 games, had 895 OPS. So that's so crazy that you just said that. So his sixth year – is when he got to the Mets? Yeah. He still has three years of arbitration before yes. he free agency. That's bonkers. That, that, as, that, as age 31 season. That's what I'm saying. Yep, is that's broken. That player was more than good enough, but he was in an organization that had no reason to play him. Yep. No reason to give him time. He went to the Mets, and because of injuries and circumstance— they make a trade for him. He hits pretty well. They have some stuff fall apart. Let's move Jeff here. Let's put him here. Let's figure it. Crushes. Crushes the ball. JD and now, and now J.D. Davis gets to be that guy. Yep. He's but, a prime example. But J.D. Davis, as a, as a minor leaguer, has a two ninety two batting average and 109 home runs. His minor league career, he has an eight ninety OPS. So he has an eight ninety OPS in the minors. His, his last year that he played like significant time mm-hmm. in the minors was 2018, the year before he came to the Mets. He had a 342 batting average and a 988 OPS, guys. He had a 988. The year before that, 872. year before that, 818. year before that, 889. His first year ever playing baseball as a professional, he was across two levels, had an 878 OPS. That's crazy. That player never should have been that slow to the league. 
Never should have been that slow to leak. I got numbers coming from Dietz. Well, it's not numbers. It's just a thought. Do you go the hockey route where you have a hard cap that incentivizes having these lower contracts, a.k.a. rookies, coming up sooner to fill in rosters that have some bigger money? But you do. They already are. But you, you have incentive to bring the guy up. Not enough, though, because it's not a hard cap. You the, just worry about the luxury tax. The, 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 the biggest problem that they have is is that, one, they know that, that based off of how they've been doing it for years, we're going to have a replacement for you by the time your service time is up. Right? Perfect example. Again, J.D. Davis has been on the fence. The Mets have where his replacements are two seconds away. Mm-hmm. So when he finally, if they play him next year, right, and he'll be 30 next year, right? Yeah, or is he 30 sure. now? Right? So I think he's 28. We looked at it before. He He's almost 30 years old. But the Mets have his replacement ready to go. But you know why the replacement won't be up next year? Because JD's there on barely any money. And then when he finally is a free agent, you're going to have 23, 24-year-old Mark Vientos and Brett Beatty finally getting to have the opportunity. But they're all they've done as minor leaguers is smash. Yep. It's broken. Let that dude go. Like he should, they shouldn't have to be. Vientos was drafted in the first round in 2018, so it's 2021. He's already three. 2018, 2019, 2020, 2021. He's four years in the minor leagues already, right? Next year, he and he's in AAA this year, right? Mark Vientos is in AAA right now. That guy should be able to leave or sign a minor league deal or have the Mets have to sign him. To a big money contract. Hey, you know what? We're going to pay you $5 million a year for the next three years. We're going to buy out. Guess what? Now the homie's getting paid. So do you think that if we went by that concept of the five-year thing, does yep. AAA all of a sudden become a very expensive yes. third level of baseball? Well, you already got rid of three other levels. Right. You already got rid of so much. Where's all that money going? It's not going into the housing of lower, right? lower so, minor league guys. So, so that's my point. Is like all this money, like you have all these guys who are $1,000 a month who are gone. My point to you is there's dudes who need to get retired out of the game, right? They're mm-hmm. not good enough to be in the league anymore. But they're still here because I can pay them veteran minimum instead of bringing up the young guys. So you got 35. Who Who's the dude the Mets just traded for from the race? Why am I blanking on Rich his name? Rich Hill. Rich Hill. Rich Hill's 40-something years old. He borderline sucks. But I can pay him nothing instead of bringing up my prospect. I hate that so and much. And that's the broken, broken in the system. Absolutely. Like, the only reason you're doing that is because you know you don't have to, you're not going to lose your guy. His clock hasn't started. If the clock had started, Rich Hill's retired. He's yeah, out of the game. Absolutely. And young, good players are having their shot. That's what needs to effing happen. So, perfect example also for the Mets. It was in, like, the middle of the season when we had everybody hurt and, like, we're just bringing up these random people to pitch because they were not our premier guys. I was like, you're telling me a team that's supposed to be the first-place team has nobody better than what is on the mound right now? Like, you have to be joking. Yep. And I, and I hate that. I, yep. I totally agree with you. we got to figure this out. Mark Vientos this year between as a 21-year-old. He is not 22 yet. He mm-hmm. is still 21. Age 21 season. 284 batting average, 943 OPS, 25 home runs in 306 at-bats. Guys, if he got 600 at-bats like an MLB guy would do, he's on pace for 50 home runs. Yep. He, he's he got 
and I, I'm sorry, I said in, in 2018 he was a first-round pick. No, that was Beatty. In 2017, Vientos was a second-round pick. Okay. This is year five. In what world ha- are his stats not good enough that he should be in? The, he shouldn't be up in the show. Now he hasn't played a ton of games at AAA, but in AAA, he's got a 313 batting average, a 656 slugging percentage. He's got a 1077 OPS. Yep. Let's see. In Double A, in in, in 274 at bats, he hit 22 home runs. He had a 927 OPS. In in 2019, he was a 711 OPS. That's the only thing you can tell me is because you didn't know what he was when he was 19. Because 2019, he was 19. Because he was a young 17, 18-year-old kid when he got drafted. Right. His second year of pro ball, rookie ball, Appalachian League in 60 games, he had an 878 OPS. There is nothing that makes that player. He's five years in the minors now. He should, after what he did at AAA, he's worth $5 million a year. Yeah. Tell me how I'm we, wrong. We literally had a hole in left field this season. and Forget forget left field. Anything that you want to say, the kid should get to go into the free agency this year. The Mets should have the right of first refusal. They, mm-hmm. should, they should have, hey – if, if you leave in free agency out of our minor league, we get compensation draft picks for you just like anything else. Maybe it's not that I get a first-round pick or a second-round pick, but maybe if I have a guy who's a triple-A guy who signs, right, I list him as a C free agent, I get a third-round pick, right? Or you re-sign your guy. You pay him more money than anybody else. Well, I also think if we went to the system of the, the five years, I think you should start being able to trade draft picks because then they have much yeah. more value. Yep. Well, so the challenge that I have with that, like MLB trading draft picks, there's just not enough. And we never brought up in the NBA, the NBA has options that start after year three. So year four, a player could be gone. Year mm-hmm. five, so the play, it's actually three plus two, or three plus one plus one. Mm-hmm. You're only guaranteed three years, then your money starts to jump. Team after two years could think you suck, they could decline your option. After year three, you're a free agent. After year four, you're a free agent. But you also can make more money with your team. Cool. So your team has the benefit of being able to sign you. So if you want to go to free agency, they always have the benefit because that keeps you in-house. Do the same thing with MLBs. Do the same thing with these young guys. But we got to stop prioritizing the guy who's already there. Because I think it goes back to the, the Players Association and the MLB. The Players Association is trying to do the right thing by the current MLB guys. And that's making it broken for them. Because you're not paying enough attention to when they were young. Yeah. And if they banded together that the minor leaguers were able to fight for this, there's more minor leaguers than there are MLB players. Band together, form a union, get to the point that you're paid and your your contracts are only X amount of years. Boom. Right? The minor league's got so many issues. That's call a- it the amateur call it the amateur baseball union. Yeah. Have high school players involved in it. Right? Mm-hmm. This then goes and says, hey, with NIL being a thing at the collegiate level, guys, we're all banding together to make sure that we're getting paid appropriate money. Um, if, I'm, if I'm going to, to, to USC, if I'm going to Boston College and I'm signing a big deal to, to go there, what's my NIL money? How are we negotiating together? What are we doing as a group? Yeah. And more of this is happening. But, but baseball needs to pay young players, and they need to stop paying marginal old guys so that they don't have to bring the young player up. 
Yeah. Because the Mets right now, the biggest problem they have is that they have a whole unit of dudes on that team who are meh. And they're letting the meh guys who are veterans be there instead of bringing up the young guy because it starts his clock. Yep. It's completely broken. Vianto should be in the show. We'll, we'll see next year. I think it'll be this season. All right, last thing. I want to close it up. Postseason starts on Tuesday. We're going to need to – we're going to have to have a conversation, possibly do it a, a wild card show Got uh, you. prior. This game starts on Tuesday. The I believe it's it's either the Yankees or the or, or whatever, the AL wild card or the NL wild card. Um, the next couple days is going to be very interesting, especially for the AL. Um, we'll see who, who it ends up. A lot going on. Postseason is going to be epic. I'm excited. That's all I got. Guys, thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Make sure you like and subscribe, and we'll see you in the next episode. Baseball lifestyle. That's my lifestyle. <laughs>